to the Alan Carr's Easy Way podcast, the program that will change your assumptions and beliefs about addiction. Here, we don't advocate for using willpower to quit because we've discovered a much easier and much more effective method. My name is Colleen Dwyer. I'm a senior therapist at Alan Carr's Easy Way. I'm the presenter of our online video programs and your podcast host. With me is John Dicey, global CEO of Alan Carr's Easy Way and co-author of the Alan Carr books and a senior Alan Carr's Easy Way therapist. John has over 25 years of experience in helping millions of addicts break free from their addictions, and he has a lot of valuable knowledge and wisdom to share. John and I are answering questions from listeners such as, why am I not able to quit with the book second time around? And why does the alcohol book not resonate with me like the smoking book did? If you'd like your questions answered, drop us a line on pod at alancar.com with whatever you'd like to say or any questions that you have. Also joining us today is Monique, who is an Alan Carr therapist for weight and sugar addiction seminars. Monique has personally experienced the power and effectiveness of the Alan Carr method as she used it to improve her relationship with food and completely get rid of any sugar cravings. Now she shares this method with others through the live seminars. And we also have a special feature today from Sir Richard Branson, who is a supporter of Quitting Smoking with Alan Carr's Easy Way. Sir Richard Branson has some motivational words for those who are thinking about quitting smoking, and we're very thankful that he took the time to record them for us. We're happy to answer any questions that you have about any addiction. And even if we don't actually feature your question in a future episode of the podcast, we will personally reply to every single question we receive, providing you with detailed advice and guidance. So don't forget, get in touch on pod at alancar.com and do also check out alancar.com and see the host of addictions and issues Alan Carr's Easy Way has now been applied to. So sit back, relax and open your mind to a new way of understanding addiction. This is the Alan Carr's Easy Way podcast. This is Addiction Central. Addiction Central. We want to air your success stories. Answer your questions. And provide advice. This advice is free of charge. We'll answer every question we receive with no exceptions. Great, so we're back again for Addiction Central on the new podcast. Welcome, John. Um, We've got three questions through from the listeners, which we're going to go through. And the first one is from Linda. Basically, Linda says she's 51 years old. She stopped smoking by reading the book. She didn't say what title, but she said it was in 2000. And she quit for 17 years successfully and happily. But then she made a mistake of thinking that one wouldn't hurt she picked up a cigarette and uh, we all know what follows from there she kind of linked it to the fact that her parents both died but then since then she's reread the book twice and she says it's the new version from 2014 um, which isn't (laughs) the new version Um, but um, she's also attended about three online seminars and one in-person seminar in Perth but she hasn't kicked it and she says she's struggling to get what she got from it the first time 
even though she knows it, the method and she believes in the method, but she's just not getting back to where she was. And she's on top of that, she's like really struggling financially. She's got a lot of pressure on her risks of losing um, some assets and uh, she needs to get her budget under control. Um, her health has been deteriorating and now she's getting like warnings from the doctors that um, she's got mild COPD, but it'll get worse. Um, if she doesn't, you know, address some issues, she's taking painkillers and antidepressants and, um, you know, she's got the cancer scares and, and other health issues. So she's she sounds pretty desperate and pretty frustrated. She's taking or she's reading the book again, but she's wearing patches and she knows that that goes contrary to what Alan says. But, um, yeah, she says she's desperate and she just doesn't know why she's finding it difficult this time. So what, I know that you have already replied to Linda and I read the, the response, which was very detailed. And um, I hope that she's, uh, you know, getting some success with it now. But uh, what, what would you say to Linda? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think um, what we're trying to do is answer people as quickly as we can and then feature those um, answers we think will be useful to, to listeners. So it's, uh, um, um, it is good we, when we do sort of provide advice and guidance is really sort of um, well-rounded. So um, you, people do get quite a lot of advice back. Um, and if they follow it, normally they're fine. And that's the, the really important thing about it. So sort of we do today is really, there's so many issues there for Linda, was, were, aren't there, in terms of um, the method worked for her in the past, which is brilliant. So she's got that reassurance that it, it does work. It hasn't worked for, you know, this time around and there can be a, a few reasons for that um i think quite often um when the method works for someone and they make a mistake they what they do is they try to recapture the feeling they had before when it when the method worked and if if when they finish the book or a seminar or whatever else if they don't feel exactly the same way as they remember feeling before they automatically assume that it hasn't worked and that that leads to failure it's sort of a just have becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy so to speak so i think really important thing is try not to recapture um, the feeling you had before so however you feel at the end whether you read the book again or whether you watch the online video program or attend the live seminar on zoom or in person however you feel once you've completed that is right for you here and now and it's most likely going to be completely different to how you remember feeling before you might feel less confident or you might feel more confident you might feel a bit nervous about it a bit apprehensive about it um that's all very natural and it'll be absolutely fine as long as you don't let the fact that you don't feel the same as you did before bother you Soon it bothers you, it becomes a, becomes a problem. I always compare this sort of a couple of examples, really. Um, I remember the first time um, I saw my favourite band play. Um, it was just magical. It was just, a, you know, I really wanted to see them live. I really wanted to uh, um, see how they were. Um, and um, it blew my socks off. It was just the most amazing experience. Um, but then I went to see them again and loved every minute of it. It was really brilliant. 
it wasn't the same as the first time. Um, and if I'd let that bother me, maybe I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. But each experience, I saw them quite a few times. Each experience was brilliant, but not the same as the first time. If that makes if that makes sense. So, so that's really important. You'll feel different than before. Um, you'll be familiar with what you read or or, or hear. Um, and as long as you go through that sort of familiar process in a positive way, thinking, okay, I understand that. Yeah, I understand that. I accept that rather than I knew this last time, but it's that I knew this last time, but that gets in the way of the sort of the cognitive process. So that's that's quite um, quite an important point. How we feel that uh, once you've completed the program this time is, is fine for you at this point. At this moment, um, don't worry. Don't worry about that. A couple of other things that she mentioned was uh, that also possibly um, bothering her in terms of achieving success. Uh, the bereavement, sort of, you know, condolences again, Linda, for, the, for your bereavement. But I think um, bereavement wouldn't normally cause someone to go back to smoking who uses this method i think it's understandable what sometimes it does but i think if people understand when you have bad news or uh, um, tragedy or, or even sort of minor or trivial stress it creates a really unpleasant feeling it's like an you know anxious uptight tense feeling and it's exactly the same feeling as um a smoker used to get when he used to smoke on a cigarette and couldn't have one. And it's, it's almost like an echo from the past. Um, and if you're not careful, you kind of, you, you accept that for that feeling. People start thinking, well, you know, I just started fancying a cigarette out of the blue. I was, I was stressed and everything was going wrong in life or whatever. Um, that's just a feeling of stress. That's, that's all it is. And the cigarette never took that feeling away. Um, um, and uh, the way to deal with stress is just to, Realise that's what it is and, and tick it off, really. It's only when you think that, that a cigarette might be a solution to that that it becomes becomes an issue. And, and there is more on that. I went into quite a lot of detail with Linda explaining that further. Um, and the other factor, which is quite similar, is um, the ill health Linda was experiencing. She's got lots of stuff going on. It's, you know, real stress involved in that. Um, and people try to use health issues as uh as a motivator to, to, to quit to help them succeed but it actually is counterproductive um uh, when you focus on something you know really negative or scary or whatever it, the first thing a smoker does when they experience that is have a cigarette and it it kind of it becomes um it just becomes a top of your mind rather than thinking of freedom you're on your way you get, you're escaping, you, you become ensconced in this sort of kind of negative place, just burdened by, you know, what's going to happen if you don't stop. Uh, so it's really important to treat, you know, release from those concerns as far as you can be, release from those concerns um, as a bonus when you when you get free. I think that's, that's really important. Um, and uh, as it, when you do that, um, it's almost as if it lifts, lifts the fog and you can actually start focusing on the method and, and, um, and letting, the, uh, letting the method 
let the method work. Um, I think that's about it. Did I miss anything out there? No, I think you covered the points. It's, um, you know, it is terribly sad when things go wrong in life and and we lose people we love and um, we face disappointments and, and all the rest of it. But I have to say, since I quit smoking with Anna Carr's Easy Way, every... That I always, no matter how bad things have gotten, I think I've, I've, at least I'm free. Do you know, like at least I don't smoke. So that it will never ever be that bad again. And I'm not trivialising, you know, what what people go through. And um, uh, and certainly for for Linda, who's who's had a really rough time of it. But um, you've got one positive when you quit smoking this time around, and that's that you've got your freedom back. So that's something to treasure and. Uh, can always give you a little bit of a lift but um and the other thing I was thinking actually reading Linda's email was that you know like I don't I'm not saying that Linda did this but I know that I might be a bit prone to it um that I misremembered how I felt at the seminar I think we talked about this in a previous um podcast that um I came to my seminar with one of my brothers and um my best friend and uh, when I, when I, after the seminar, after I quit smoking and I was really enthused about it all and I, I wanted to, um, join the organization, my best friend and my brother were laughing at me and they were, and I said, why are you laughing? And, uh, they said, because of how you felt when you left the seminar. And I just, I didn't get it. I thought, I don't, I don't understand. I was really happy. I, I couldn't wait to kind of get out there and start, you know, enjoy my freedom. And they, they laughed. They said, no, <laughs> you were not like that. You were like, what was that all about? Do you know, like you, you weren't, you weren't convinced. You weren't like, <clears throat> like really um, happy about it. But, but I was remembering it in that way because I later on down the line, I knew the outcome. I knew that it was um, everything that was uh, promised to be. So it was kind of like I was, I don't know, I was just misremembering it. So when you're like in, in the case of someone who's quit and then returned to smoking for whatever reason, and then they reread the book or attend a seminar again, maybe their um, expectation is um, like unrealistic i'm not i'm not saying that people aren't happy of course people are happy when they when they quit but at the point of you realizing that you've quit and you've done it and you've got your moment of revelation i think that was it i was remembering my moment of revelation as happening immediately as i put out my final cigarette but actually my moment of revelation probably came a few days after um i quit obviously i didn't smoke <laughs> since having my final cigarette but um yeah, some just maybe bear that in mind and just take it as it comes because when you first read that book, Linda, you had no expectation of how you were meant to feel. You just took it as it came. You were open-minded about it. And I think you need to adopt that again this time around. Just have no particular fixed view of, I have to feel this way in order for it to, um, to have worked. Yeah, I think also just one more thing as well on that, and you alluded to this earlier, which was uh, Linda, Linda thought she was reading the, the new book, uh, the newer book, 2014. Um, that's now a very old book, in fact. Um, so the, the most up-to-date um, cutting-edge version of uh, the method in writing uh, is um, uh, Alan, called Alan Carr's Easy Way to Quit Smoking rather than Easy Way to Stop Smoking. And that's that's really quite important because it has something like 25 years of uh, uh, upgraded 
information, examples, uh, anecdotes. It touches on stuff that wasn't even an issue when the original book was published and, and the, the subsequent updates were published even. Um, and uh, it's crazy. We, we, you know, we, we offer people advice on how to succeed using the book they already have. If, even if their book's 30 years old, and we're very confident, we say, look, if you do this, it should work. But why, why miss out on the best possible treatment you could get in, this, in the newer version of the book. It's just not worth the risk. It costs less than a couple of packs of cigarettes. So this isn't by any means a commercial for the new upgrade of the, uh, of the book, but just it's really important. We, you know, we did it for a reason, and the reason was it was time to include all kinds of stuff that uh, really just enriches the method even more so. Um, and it's well worth well worth it. That's the Alan Carr's easy way to quit smoking. I think there's a subtitle that is uh, quit smoking. Uh, Alan Carr's easy way to quit smoking. Um, uh, the method upgraded for the 2020s. I think that's the uh, yeah uh, on there as well. So uh, no, that's great. Fabulous, great stuff, and good luck, Linda. Um, not that you need luck, but <laughs> all the best with it. Um, so the next um, one that we have is about vaping. It's from Ryan um in london um where was linda from she was from australia um so ryan says i've stopped smoking by vaping and now i want to quit vaping and can't seem to manage it it feels like the fact that it doesn't stink like smoking does and it isn't as inconvenient like smoking was because i can take sneaky puffs wherever i want or whenever i want um that because it doesn't have those negatives it might make it harder to quit and i loved your reply to this one john well, I've got to try and remember what it was now. But, uh, <laughs> but no, it's, I think it's, it, 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 this has come up quite often. It's not just Ryan. Um, a couple of people inquire along, along these lines. Um, the, the, uh, the thinking they have is that because it doesn't stink anymore, because it's not inconvenient anymore and they can do it pretty much wherever they want, it's harder to stop. As if the fact it stank and was inconvenient, ever helped anyone stop. Uh, it never helped me quit. <laughs> so it's really just kind of looking at our way around. It's, I think what these become, they're like sort of, we try and work out why we failed to quit. And if we come up with an answer, it sort of seems to make sense. It doesn't really matter whether it's right or wrong, but it seems to make sense that what we say. I think what Ryan's done there is, is really just assumed yeah, it's because it doesn't stink and it doesn't, uh, and I can do it whenever I want. Um, and I think once you accept that, that never helped anyone stop smoking and never helped anyone um, stop vaping. Um, not, not having to deal with the smell anymore, not having the control and the slavery. Well, these are brilliant bonuses to enjoy once you once you stop. They're not, you know, uh, motivation um, for uh, for quitting uh, successfully. Um, so it's turning it around that way. I mean, and this is quite interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, you know, vaping doesn't stink. Vapors don't tend to stink. I mean, when they're doing it, it does. Um, I think quite, quite a lot of people think it's a nice smell. I think if they're vaping it, um, for anyone around them, it's normally pretty foul. It's this kind of sickly sweet, gross sort of, um, smell. And, you know, I, I'm, I, I used to smoke like a chimney and, um, 
I'm not complaining about the smell. I, I don't mind the smell of cigarette smoke, for example, but for some reason, vape smoke seems to be, you know, particularly unpleasant. I don't know why, uh, but it's, I think part of it's because it's, it's, it's vapor, isn't it? There's vapor there and it's got sort of the, it's, whether it's cotton candy or candy floss flavor or it's caramel flavor, it's kind of like this weird stuff being puffed out by someone. And if you walk, if you're walking through town and you get, caught in a plume of it it's like hold your breath before you get out just because it's just because it's so um so gross so i think it's the synthetic nature of the smelling it's just really off um but no doubt i i, I don't think um um somebody vapes smells as, in the same way as a smoker did stinking like an absolute ashtray never stopped me from smoking and that's why that's how i how I smell most of the time so so it's a bit, bit of a, a red herring really isn't it um, and the same goes for the convenience. I mean, the, the, the fact that people can vape pretty much wherever and whenever they want actually um, just means they consume more and more and more of the drug um, and more and more um, almost become <clears throat> hooked in, constantly vaping, um, which is pretty scary. Um, and this sort of Still not much evidence of the harms of, of vaping. I think it'll be years before that becomes um, uh, available and known. Uh, and when the first studies do come out about the harms caused by vaping, uh, it'll all be based on, you know, you know those the original e-cigarettes that look a bit like cigarettes, though, that, those original stuff. They'll be based on that and how, uh, and they, those products bear no resemblance to what's going on at the moment where whether you use a tank where you can regulate the amount of nicotine, the strength of nicotine, these huge things that kind of just plumes of smoke coming out or whether it's disposables, I don't know, sort of equivalent of 45 cigarettes worth of nicotine in, in a disposable. And the kids are buying these for five quid a, a, a time or six, seven dollars a time and, uh, and going through them in a day. Um, and this is a, not a great situation to be in. So I did, um, I think I just sort of gave that advice to Ryan and then um, really just provided this kind of step-by-step um, -step, um, advice or for how he can, um, was he reading the book, I think, wasn't he? Yes, he was reading the, the book on smoking, but to get him off vaping. <clears throat> right. Um, to, to read the book again. Um, and I think the, the book I mentioned a moment ago, The Easy Way to Quit Smoking, that, 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 that does include vaping and other nicotine um, products. Um, so it's really the best, best book for somebody who smokes and vapes or recently stopped smoking and, and, and vapes now. Easy Way to Quit, quit Vaping which is really best for somebody who hasn't smoked for a long time and who is or has never smoked and only vapes and there are more and more of those people around. I remember when I was a smoker and I really used to um, dream, I wish they would come up with a, a clean cigarette, you know, like, well, I suppose like a vape really, but um, yeah, basically something that didn't, wasn't offensive and it wasn't antisocial and it didn't like cost the earth and it, it uh, wasn't that bad for your health and... Um, and what I recognised when I 
quit with Alan Carr's Easy Way is that I don't, I wouldn't care if they came out with a, a, a cigarette that legitimately was not bad for your health and was free and it wasn't antisocial. I, I still got no interest, you know, like because if you take away all the negatives, what you're left with, like it's, it's still a pointless activity. It's still. Um, like wearing tight shoes just to take them off. I mean, it's a bit of a, it's a, it's a nonsense really. So it doesn't matter if there's a lot of negatives to it or no negatives to it. The point we're making is that there's no, there's no plus side. I think I went further with Ryan as well, just to sort of suggest that he does some sort of uh, mindful vaping, I'd probably call it, but just, you know, stand in front of the mirror and, and vape look at yourself look into your eyes do it for five minutes and just vape it doesn't matter that you can do it locked away in a loo or or taking a sneaky puff under your desk at the office or even you know on a train or a bus or, or whatever um look at look at what you're doing and understand this is a thing that, that has um had you um dive down to that to that level of this sort of kind of weird sneaking a puff here and sneaking a puff there and getting away with it. <clears throat> but if you actually look at it, confront yourself with what it is you're doing, you'll see how just very weird it is. And that it's the control and the slavery, which is the most brilliant thing once you're released from that. That's the most brilliant thing about it. It's also most probably one of the most insidious things about, about doing it. Um, but again, rather than using that as a motivating factor that you're controlled and enslaved by it, it's enjoying that fully when you're when you're free. That's really really important. So good, that's great. And um, finally, we have um, an email in from Spencer, who said, "I read Alan Carr's How to Quit Smoking, and it worked wonders. And I've been smoke free for several years, and I thought I should do the same method uh, for my drinking." I've read the book several times, but it's not clicking like the smoking book. What am I doing wrong? That's kind of similar to some of the points that Linda was saying. Yeah, we won't want to repeat all of that in one go, expecting to feel the same way as you did before or whatever. But I think, but I think there's just a case of of understanding that there there is a difference. There is a different process. It's the same method, um, but you're going through something very different than you were um when you were quitting smoking and try not to relate those those um uh, two experiences um i think i think it was a really short question that spencer asked with a really long answer from me i, I think also i think it's, it's the importance of uh, reaching out for advice from us direct as well so that which is exactly what spencer's done i mean if there's anyone out there having any conflicting experience with easy way or it doesn't seem to be working for them or worked for them once and isn't working for them again and it really just takes just it takes minimum effort to get in touch with us um and we do put a lot of, lot of effort into providing the, the free of, free of charge advice um which is what it would have done um with, with spencer but it we've touched on this in a previous episode as well which is the the difference between the alcohol method and the, the smoking method. I mean, some people think, oh, well, they just change the words smoking and, and nicotine for alcohol and drinking or whatever. And it, it just really isn't that simple. It's a much, uh, you know, very different uh, addiction in many, in many different ways. Um, and uh, I'm sure that um, 
I think with Spencer, if he's if he's if he's read the book, he's been through the method once. I think I'd always say my number one recommendation to anybody is to to attend a live seminar. I think um, in this this is one of those situations where um, I thoroughly recommend it um, because there are there's there's things that a therapist facilitator can do throughout the seminar which will just set uh, Spencer's mind at rest that will um, you know for starters you can you can ask questions you can you know check your understanding of things and be reassured by the uh, therapist facilitator in in the room um, uh, and and that that's where I'd go why mess around with it why, why not just go straight go straight for the live seminar if someone can't afford that and say I'm not sure whether Spencer did end up attending a live seminar but you know even if he reads the book he's got he follows the advice he should be fine you know he should he should go free yeah so. yeah and really I suppose what what you were saying before as well is that you can't be surprised by something twice so I remember when I um, did my smoking seminar actually not that long afterwards I did the alcohol seminar and um but I, my feeling going into the alcohol seminar was quite different to my feeling as I entered the smoking seminar. Because when I was um, going to my smoking seminar, I was very dubious. I was very unsure. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what the hypnotherapy was going to be like. I didn't know, you know, if I was meant to talk in the You know, I, di I didn't. Um, I was very uh, uncertain. And then it worked and I was thrilled. And then when I went along to my um, smoke, um, alcohol seminar, um, I was much more, I sort of knew the process. I knew the program in a sense. I know it's not exactly the same, but I knew, I knew the format at least and, uh, the general psychology. And, uh, at the end of the alcohol, uh, seminar, I, you know, I, it was easy. It was easy. It was wonderful, but I wasn't surprised that it was easy, <laughs> you know? So I wasn't quite, you know, um, I didn't have, yeah, I just wasn't, um, quite as, uh, taken aback <laughs> by it I was just like oh okay cool there's too much emphasis I think sometimes on how you feel at the end of the seminar or reading the book because people think that maybe your feeling is the indicator of whether or not it's people are looking for confirmation that it's that it's that it's happened the magic has happened or whatever but actually just you as an individual making your decision that's when it's happened absolutely and I, I love helping people in social media we've got sort of several social media books groups for stopping smoking slash vaping, uh, alcohol, um, sugar addiction, weight, uh, emotional eating. And uh, we just started one for cannabis. Somebody asked, oh, is there no group for, for cannabis? And I said, there isn't, but there is now. So that's up and running now as well. Just as a, a, a portal where people can, can join um, and get advice from other members, guidance from other members and and from ourselves um and i think uh, i'm amazed it, it, it's really important to me to get an insight from that because as well as helping people you know i, I learn all sorts of stuff so that so people quite often don't understand certain things so they've got they've got an alan Carr book and they're saying this just isn't going to work i'm reading i'm reading it and i'm puffing away it, it how is this is this is it's not working i was sort of well, that does say that in a book just carry on smoking all the way through to the end um so i think the book can be a bit repetitive at times um and that is quite deliberate because people do 
clearly do need to to be reminded that you know just carry on smoking as normal if you're already smoking and um at the end you'd be ready to have a final cigarette and then that's when you you stub out your final cigarette so the, those sort of insights are really interesting but it's amazing how much they 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 come up the same with the alcohol book um people would say you know it's not not working at all I'm drinking as much as I ever was we haven't finished the book yet it's, it's one of those weird sort of situations um but the groups the groups are really helpful I think people do um um people who've got free with the method enjoy giving encouragement to people who are struggling um um they see it as a way of you know paying back and it's like it is lovely so so um people celebrate their freedom together um, people get encouraged if they're struggling um and you know we were repeatedly offering the free advice you know throughout the group um and 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 touching um responding to those people who need help by suggesting here you go here's the link get in touch with us and free advice um it's much easier than it was sort of 10 or 15 years ago it's so much support and, and, and advice available to anybody from anywhere really um who needs advice and uh, that is interesting because i think facebook even automatically translate languages we've got uh, you know all kinds of languages represented in the facebook groups which uh, and they can interact um perfectly well as uh, as people do in um, in english that's yeah, wonderful but uh, but that's good mm. but hopefully spencer's fine I say whether you read the book again or attended a seminar, I'm sure you will be. Wonderful. Thank you so much, John. That's it for um, for this episode. Um, and we'll see you next time. And, and uh, you know, hopefully people will send in some more questions and things that we can address uh, that will be useful for, for everyone. Absolutely. We had have, we have great success this time with people saying where they were from. That, that was a really good. <laughs> so please don't forget to tell us where you're from. Just It's nice to know. Yeah. Adds a bit of interest to uh, to when we're asking the uh, the questions, um, and um, and keep, like I say, keep those questions coming in. And please, what do we want people to do? We want people to download, uh, subscribe, and uh, rate the podcast as well. That's very that's very important for getting the word out out there. Um, that um, there's this sort of um, podcast that. Uh, hopes to help advise people um, who might not otherwise make it to uh, make it to freedom yeah wonderful thank you for having me it's a wrap this is addiction central addiction central we want to hear your success stories answer your questions and provide advice if i'm in charge each one has a one for you this advice is free of Charge. We'll answer every question we receive with no exceptions. Now it's time for our special feature. Our guest, Sir Richard Branson, is a longtime advocate of the Alan Carr Easy Way method. You might know him as the founder of Virgin Atlantic, and he also controls more than 400 companies in various fields. We've worked with Virgin Atlantic for many years, helping their employees to quit smoking. And more recently, since 2019, we've been working with Virgin Pulse, which is the health and well-being platform in the workplace to deliver our stop smoking services to their clients' employees. So get ready to be inspired by one of the most successful entrepreneurs of our time.
Alan Carr has helped thousands of people to stop smoking. His method is absolutely unique, removing your dependence on cigarettes while you smoke. And I'm pleased to say that it has worked for many of my friends and my staff. I stopped smoking a number of years ago and certainly agree with Alan that life is much fuller and much more fun without cigarettes. Good luck. And now we have the pleasure of talking with Monique, who is one of our very experienced and successful weight and sugar addiction therapists. She's here to share her insights on how to break free from the chains of sugar addiction and to live a healthier life. Welcome to the show, Monique. Hi, my name's Monique and I'm a senior therapist for the Weight Loss and Sugar Addiction Seminars. Bad sugar has kind of always been in my life um, from the start, but... I'd say, um, you know, mentally and physically, I thought it helped me feel better, you know, comforted. Um, but in reality, it negatively impacted on my moods, how I dealt with stress. Uh, it affected my anxiety levels as well. Um, and, and just how, you know, generally how I just dealt with life um, as, it, as it came at me. So I didn't sleep very well. I often stayed up really late um, into the night during college and university time. Um, and that wasn't because I was going out lots or anything. It's just, you know, I just didn't sleep very well. Um, but physically, uh, my skin, you know, was affected. Um, I had achy joints, which is probably unusual for somebody so young. Um, and I struggled with um, bouts of kind of IBS-like type flare-up. Flare up. So, you know, um, I felt ill numerous times throughout the year um, as well. And I usually felt bloated and I just thought that was normal. Um, you know, I really struggled with flip-flopping with my weight. So, you know, I put on lots of weight and then I lose lots of it as well. And this often happens for, for many years. I was probably about um, 13 stones. So I was like a UK size 14 or so, or at least I tried to fit into UK size 14. Um, but yeah, I'd say that was at my worst, um, but I'd often kind of really go up and down, fluctuate with my weight. I just didn't have a very good relationship with my eating. I often equated, um, you know, uh, weight loss with eating very little, basically. So I just continue eating junk, but I just thought, oh, I just had to eat less of it. Um, so I'd go through long periods of restricting myself when it came to eating. So basically starving myself but, and, and not getting very many good foods into my body um, and then of course there's only so long you go on doing that so I did eventually fall off um, and go right back into eating lots of uh, bad sugar so refined sugars processed starchy carbs junk food basically and when would you say your relationship with food became distorted I'd say college actually or just coming out of um, secondary school because um, I'd put on a significant amount of weight over a over a summer, I think it was, I'd, um, I, you know, probably wasn't very active, but also uh, eating lots and lots of junk. Um, so I'd put on a lot of, lot of weight. And um, college was kind of a time where, you know, I wasn't, I was meeting new people. Um, so, uh, you know, socialising a lot more. And I think that was around the time where I thought, oh, gosh, I, I think I need to lose some weight. Um, so it's probably when, probably when I started to, to I guess, diet. So how did you hear about Alan Carr's Easy Way? Yeah, so funny enough, it was um, through a friend 
um, who read the Stop Smoking book. So this might surprise you, Killian, but I was a smoker as well. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know I don't tell many people, but it wasn't a huge issue for me at the time, but it was beginning to um, snowball a little bit. It was kind of in my uni years. Um, so, you know, you kind of end up doing lots of things during uni um, and smoking was one of them. Um, so I was a bit of a casual smoker, but I could tell that it was getting to be a bit of a problem. So anyway, I heard about it through a friend who had stopped smoking successfully through reading the book. Um, and this inspired me to want to read the book myself. Um, so I basically stopped. Then, of course, I'm a bit of a, a researcher, I like to call myself. So I looked more into what this was all about. Um, and that's when I discovered, you know, there was more books available. So, yeah, that's kind of how I came across the method. So did you read the book or did you come along to a seminar? Yes. Yeah, so I read the um, weight, uh, the easy way to lose weight book, which is a slightly older um, version of the method, um, and that kind of transformed my way of thinking surrounding foods and kind of that diet mentality um, and that kind of yo-yoing that I was doing with my um, with my weight and my eating. So that really inspired and changed the way I looked at food in general. So you changed your relationship with food and then what made you then want to become a therapist? Yeah, so I was um, invited to uh, help with the uh, live seminars, help creating the, the live seminars for the um, weight loss and sugar addiction program. Um, and with the books, actually. So this kind of at this point, I was already kind of very inspired by the Easy Way to Lose Weight book. Um, you know, I had this, uh, you know, interest in the way I ate and using food as a form of medicine, I guess, um, and improving on my health. So at that point, I was very much interested in my eating um, and I was invited to help with um, developing the um, new weight loss and sugar addiction program, as well as um, uh, uh, going on to develop the, the books as well. And what's it like now for you to be delivering the message to other people? Yeah, so um, very, very interesting and exciting, actually, because you get um, an array of different types of people coming along, people who kind of um, just want to focus on uh, their sugar addiction, other people who have joined with the view of losing weight. Um, and then it's wonderful to kind of start to see the, the cogs, the wheels changing and turning as you kind of um, go throughout the day and then, and then realizing actually the, the source of the problem is, is essentially bad sugar. Um, and helping them to get free of that. So it's, it's wonderful to see that kind of mindset change um, as you work throughout the day. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's great to be able to help all sorts of people come along and, you know, stop eating junk, basically. So, yeah, it's, it's exciting. <laughs> so what kind of people come along to your seminars? Is it mainly men or women or what, what's the general demographic? Yeah, so it's a mixture of people. Um, I'd say... Um, it's usually uh, both women and men, um, but I'd say kind of between their 40s and 50s. But I do often get people who are in the younger years um, or much older. So there is an array, um, but I guess the majority are usually um, in their, their 40s, 50s. So um, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting um, point in their life because obviously they've gone through years of dieting, um, you know, losing lots of weight but also just putting it all back on and being unsuccessful so it's great because they've come to a point where they're like 
I need to make a serious change and I want to make this a lifestyle change. So it's wonderful to, to have that group of people. Yeah, that's the thing, because once you've been through that um, binge cycle a few times and the dieting and, and you realize that it doesn't work, then you re you recognize that you need a completely different approach. And that's what's great about the Alan Carr program is it's not a set of recipes from the latest celeb. It's um, completely resetting your psychological framework around eating. Yeah, and it's, it's it's a lifestyle change. So we're not promoting that kind of diet mentality or about counting calories. It's actually undoing years of brainwashing surrounding what we view, what junk is, um, and kind of undoing that diet mentality that you must lose as much weight as soon as possible um, in order to be successful. It's actually kind of just drawing you back to a more natural way of eating and um, inspiring a lifestyle change so that you can live this way for the rest of your life and enjoy it too. So when I refer to bad sugar, it's kind of talking about refined sugars, processed and starchy carbs as well. So most people think, oh, it's the sugary items that are an issue, but actually it could be things that are savory too, processed. Um, but what you would, wouldn't would associate with sugary items, like I guess bread, pasta, um, things like that, um, that are processed and uh, can cause you an, an, ish, an issue in the form of um, bad sugar addiction. Um, so yeah, when I talk about bad sugar, it's not just overtly sugary items, but it's also you know, starchy processed carbs as well. Um, and it's kind of undoing that brainwashing that we need them in order to enhance our lives in some way. And by not having them, you're missing out in some way. You know, people feel like it's a way of connecting with family, friends, or, um, you know, it's, it's to help you through stresses of life or um, to comfort you or when you're feeling low. So bad sugar kind of gets all these, you know, all sorts of credit for all sorts of things. But actually, in reality, it doesn't do any of those things at all. It does the very opposite. It just just keeps you in that addiction trap. So is your aim to reduce the intake of bad sugar or is it to um, eliminate it completely? Yeah, it's to it's to remove that desire to have it at all. Um, so that if you uh, so that you can eat um, more wholesome foods, foods that are easily digestible, give you the lovely nutrients your body is actually yearning for and gives you the real energy and vibrancy. So that's basically um, fruit, vegetables, nuts and seeds. But, you know, it, you don't need to be a vegan for this to work. And it's, I'm certainly not promoting veganism at all. But if you want to be a vegan, that's great. If you don't, totally you can be totally successful without becoming one um so you can continue to eat things like meat fish dairy um and and be absolutely fine but it is about inspiring and encouraging the bulk of what you're eating um is going to be primary foods fruits vegetables and things like that um and the idea is to completely remove that desire for for junk food um so that you can go on about your day choosing the foods that give you the real energy your body's body is yearning for and what are the results that you're achieving? What's the feedback like from the seminars? Yeah, so generally um, I've had people who said that they feel more energized, um, you know, just, you know, not having to experience those mood swings that they thought previously were normal and an everyday part of their life. Um, they've discovered that they do enjoy certain fruits that they thought they didn't enjoy before, but because they were eating junk, they couldn't 
actually tastes the lovely, wonderful tastes of um, fruit and vegetables. Um, and then I guess there's the, um, you know, the, the external changes uh, like weight loss. Um, so often I'll get somebody who say they've lost two stones or, you know, however much um, over a certain period of time. So it's, it's great to hear. Most importantly, it's great to hear how they feel and how that's impacted on their life in that way positively. And Monique, did you quit anything else with Alan Carr's Easy Way? I did actually stop drinking. Um, and I think that was a, as a result of me stopping eating junk. So it was a byproduct of that. Because what I realised was my body just can't... I was more sensitive, basically. I was more... I recognised that I just couldn't take drinking anymore um and it was i guess the last addiction i had to deal with um and it happened quite naturally i just thought okay if i feel like this with um if i felt like that with junk um how can i continue to ignore how i feel with alcohol um so it just inspired me to want to stop and i've actually been a non-drinker for four years i think it's coming up to four years or even maybe more yeah five years in January, I think it is. Um, so yeah, it's it's gone really quickly. I, it's just crazy. I thought alcohol was always going to be a part of my life. Um, you know, I've, um, you know, it's a very social thing. It hasn't been quite demonised like smoking has, um, even though you know people will still go to great lengths to continue to to smoke. Um, but yeah, it just it was quite natural for me to stop after I, I stopped eating junk. I just couldn't continue to. Ignore how and where do you feel. think you'd be now if you hadn't come across Alan Carr's easy way? Probably still drinking, smoking and eating junk. So, <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I have no clue. I don't, I can't even consider it, to be honest. I can't even imagine it, what life would be uh, if I was still, if I hadn't come across the book or yeah, I can't even imagine it. I, it's not even worth <laughs> giving the energy to, but yeah. And how have your friends and family reacted to these changes that you've made? Cause you know, sometimes there can be a bit of resistance. And there was, <laughs> um, yeah. So funnily enough, when I, um, stopped drinking, that was probably one of the biggest ones. Um, you know, it was, I was very much, um, I guess, the party starter um so i would usually be the one going hey let's have shots or um uh you know i'd be the last one drinking so i think going from drinking locks to just not drinking at all um that was uh that was probably a bit of a shock to some of my friends um and they just had to made, make a slight adjustment some of them didn't understand right away but you know, when they realised actually, you know, I was looking brighter, healthier, they were quite happy to just support it. Um, in terms of food, um, I'd say that was probably easier. Um, initially, there was, you know, there was probably some questions about, oh, are you on a diet or, um, you know, what are you doing this for? But yeah, it was, it was pretty easy I think it was alcohol was the one that was uh <laughs> the one that most people had the most issue with because that's pretty much what everyone does really so yeah so what do you do now then when you're going out with your friends um so I'm a uh connoisseur of sparkling water um and a bit of lime <laughs> fresh lime 
Um, in terms of eating, I will tend to either eat before I go out or um, I am the sort of person who will call the restaurant beforehand if they can offer me some lovely options. Or if I can choose the restaurant, then I'll, ch I'll um, check out the menu. I am very much um, an organizer, so I love to organize where we eat anyway. Um, so it's easy, easy for me. Um, and I often choose great spots for everybody else, if I say so myself. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty easy. Um, and I think what helped with the method is, is that it gave me a lot of confidence. Um, because there will be people who question what you do, why are you doing it? Um, but actually the method just kind of helps you to see, do you want to keep giving up your freedom anymore? Is that worth that time and energy, all that money spent? Not really. And actually I'm much more confident now than I was 10 years ago, um, when I was eating and drinking. And funnily, funnily enough, those are the things I thought helped me with my confidence, helped me, you know, be more sociable. But actually, they were stopping me from developing those social skills in a sense, because I'd quickly down a couple of glasses of wine. I'd have, um, you know, that junk food to, to make me feel better. Um, but actually, they were just stopping me from living life till its fullest, um, stopping me from actually finding out what I really wanted to do in life, what I really wanted to enjoy in life. And it had nothing to do with those addictions. Those addictions were stopping me from being my happier self, I guess. Yeah, because I remember when I was eating bad sugar, it was something that I really regarded as being a treat. Like if I was coming home after a long day at work and I would think, oh, good, you know, I can get home, I'll slump in front of the telly and I'll just eat junk. But what's lovely is through the Alan Carr method, you can understand and recognise that that is not a reward. That's slavery. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, it's funny because, you know, you're not the only person. I think I lots of people who attend the sessions will say that, will say, oh, but what am I going to do in the evening? What am I um, going to enjoy? Like, how, how am I going to enjoy my evenings? But actually, it's not an enjoyment to sit in front of the telly and eat all of that, that junk, because the junk is what's making you feel slow. It's what's making you feel um, low, in fact. It has a really aggressive effect on your on your, your mood and your, your, um, and your body as well. So... The very thing that they think will help them feel comforted is the very thing that is actually stopping them from truly relaxing, truly, uh, you know, um, enjoying yeah. their evenings. Yeah. That is amazing. Thank you so much, Monique, for sharing your time with us and for uh, for all the work that you do helping people to uh, Anakar's easy way to uh, free themselves from addictions. What a fantastic episode. We appreciate all your questions and we're thrilled to have had Monique and John as our guests alongside Sir Richard Branson. If you enjoyed this episode as much as we did, please help us get the message out there by liking, subscribing and rating the podcast. And don't go anywhere because we still have some amazing episodes coming up soon. So keep listening.